everybody because I'm over here laughing by myself in the background. So. Yeah, well, we have a lot of really interesting conversations <laughs> off <laughs> offline. Typically takes us way too long to get the podcast started, Literally. but we're just coming out of one of those, and it has been a little while since we've posted. Yes, hi, please, everybody. Please excuse our <laughs> delays. We had holidays, and uh, I had an awesome throat infection. Um, <laughs> and life, you know. Life happening. and chores and errands and everything else. But we do have posting goals come 2018. We have resolutions. We have goals, of course. So we hope to just post, post, post and do all that great stuff that you guys are expecting for us. We appreciate your feedback. The The feedback has been very positive. Downloads are up. Listeners, listeners are up. Everything is up, 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 up. And we plan to keep it that way. So thank you guys for your support, first and foremost, as we close out the year. And um, that said, keeping content interesting and fresh, we got something for you today. Yes. Cardi B. B. With uh, two Grammy nominations. Dominicana! Uh, Dominican, and I believe she's half Trinidadian. I don't know. I think so, but like, anyway. The point, yeah. <laughs> in any but case. In any case. <laughs> We here to talk yeah. about Cardi B and um she's trending for sure trending. Why lately. is that? Because she is recently <laughs> engaged. Rocking to offset. Yeah. And a um a very beautiful and extravagant $550,000 diamond ring on an engagement. Okay, anybody who 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 who's listening for the very first time, this is the first episode you're listening to. I, Giselle, founder of Bad Embra, have an obsession with financial literacy. Yeah, so this is it. Cardi and- B's engagement ring costs what? 550k on a ring for Cardi B. Wait. Oh my god. So for you folks that obviously cannot see what's going on, this woman is doing the math in her head. I am calculating shit and percentages. Oh Jesus! <laughs> okay, so here, here's here's why. So so first and foremost, I'm always happy when people find love. Yeah, of course. And yeah. like you know, and they they wanna, and a man wants to show a woman that he loves her. And it's okay. I mean, spend what you want. And <laughs> spend that what yes, you want. yeah. Well, spend what you want, but remember, we're an underprivileged community, and we have a larger goal of yeah. becoming equal to that privilege and sharing that in that same privilege that the white Caucasian communities of America. Um, actually get to experience. And so, like, when I see things like this, my immediate thought is, and this is because of my professional background and just my weird obsessions, my my immediate (laughs) thought goes to, what is that ring worth in relation to Offset's net worth? Okay. And what does that mean? Break it down. What does that mean? So, like, in life, you encounter this concept of percentages and ratios when it comes to money. Like, the biggest things that you can learn in terms of math when you're in school is percentage and division, honestly. Multiplication, percentage, division, addition, subtraction. You can pretty much get through any life um, financial scenarios by understanding, at minimum, those things. Um, and so, like, ratios are a big thing for me. Like, like you know, you... you you buy a car or you lease a car and you have a monthly note for that car, 
it's it, there's gonna it's gonna be a certain percentage of your income per month, right? And you want to make sure that it, the percentage is not so high that you're exhausting your entire income on a car or even half of your income, because then you don't have money for other things right. like living. You'll you'll struggle to pay rent, or maybe you can pay rent and have a fancy car, but you barely have money to drive that car anywhere because you got a six cylinder or eight cylinder car, and now the gas is really expensive, and so like you have this. Fun car that everyone can look at twice a month whenever you can afford to fill up the tank. And those are stupid decisions, they right? Are. And so, like, percentage-wise, I'm thinking, like, offset. Like, first of all, I'm a tail-end millennial. I am 33 years old. Put the, Make that clear. So I struggle a little bit to keep track of all the artists that are coming out. So I'm like, offset? Who is offset? So, my, so if I have to ask who, he's probably not that uh, established in the entertainment community. And so if he's not that established... In terms of his the work that he's put out, then I can assume that financially he's probably just getting off his feet in yeah. bigger numbers, perhaps seven digits, but nonetheless still getting off his feet. Just about just making it, and you're starting to question what what his wealth is. Yeah, now you're like, wait, what's this guy's? Wealth? Especially yeah. when he's spending over half a million on, on a, a ring. ring. Yeah, I'm like, is he even worth a million? Yeah, <laughs> like. Did he just put yeah. so so I so half of his income on a ring? So I so I had to do some some research, and I, and honestly, if I was in the fi- if if this was a, a presentation within the financial services investment banking industry that my career was born in, I would certainly further source my information. But I will tell you that the numbers that I've gathered. Um, while we've been structuring this podcast are uh, kind of rough numbers that I found via internet search. And um, so they may not be 100% accurate, but based on what we know about the artist, his time in the industry, his current successes, I would say they're right around there, right? So if we do a rough estimate of like, okay, so it says her ring offset paid $550,000 for an engagement ring. Oh, ladies, I know that you that probably is like making you wet, right? Like the <laughs> thought of a guy spending that much, much on money. you. Yeah. But like for me, I'm like, damn, we could have bought four properties. We could have had four long-term properties like and turned those into rental um houses and and maybe had two apartments in each house and maybe created extensive cash flow that would have covered three more rings down the line like you know so that's the way that i think and i hope to open your minds to possibilities around money but first and foremost i want to say ladies a man spending money on a ring means nothing we know that because of divorce rates in the u.s so if if a ring is how much he loves you then please explain divorce rates to me (laughs) Okay. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. And to be perfectly honest, the way that the legal marriage process in the United States takes away what marriage between two spirits can be. It is. You're professing your love in one of the most corrupt systems in the world. Yeah. And and legalities take over it. Law and religion. They're corrupt. Those are our, that's our our view on that. So that's one separate issue. If I ever got move forward with like a legal marriage i want i since i was in my early 20s i said i don't want a diamond ring i want a lab made ring so they have this thing because diamond rings are a lot of them are blood rings you know that that there's child labor around them like people are suffering to get this diamond to you first and foremost now i think in uh, early 2000s they came up with a process where it's the same pressure process to make the ring Uh, a a diamond is made via rock pressure in in you know in earth and whatever and you have to dig it up eventually whatever in the labs they created that same pressure process but they expedited it 
So it's it truly is a diamond in terms of the way it's made, but it's 100% flawless okay. because it's man-made in a lab, so it doesn't undergo those 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 lag periods or those kind of disruptive things that would give a ring an engagement ring a diamond ring certain flaws. Yeah. And okay. it's probably a tenth uh, maybe a tenth of or, the cost? or a tenth to a third of the cost okay. of a real diamond. I know I heard of lab made gemstones, but okay. So that is what I want. Yeah. For my own engagement ring, I don't want a real diamond. I don't give a fuck how anybody feels about it. I want my lab made flawless ring. It is literally perfect and no such things exist in the world. And I man created that and I like that. And it's cheaper. I said, and if I, like I get that. a ring, I want a vintage ring, preferably with a story behind it. So if someone else owned it, I actually wouldn't mind it. You know, some girls are like, know. ooh, that's bad juju. Fuck no, that. I All actually these- want a story. I, I, that's me. But, but here's that's the thing. Me. People say yeah. that out loud, but I'm like, but divorce rates. Yeah. You get your new ring and you're still divorced. I didn't get so a ring from good? my ex and, you know, we're divorced. You have- <laughs> yeah, like it has nothing and to do with And we get along great. So it has hey, nothing you know, to do with, with the, the ring. And hence... Lemonade album and the four 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 album. People have their yes. yes. Jay Z just did an amazing Ooh, by the way, interview, and we're gonna. Oh, I didn't see it yet. Yes, he did an amazing interview about um actually both albums and how he was originally supposed to be a part of the Lemonade album, but it didn't go in that direction. He kind of he said that he let her do her own thing. It was therapy, mm-hmm. and he realized that. And then in that, he ventured off and did the 444 album. And very honest album. One of the most truthful albums. And I think one of the most, most respected, mature, respected yeah. and very mature. Yeah. Like, these are artists we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And I think that now we're seeing them in close to age. Because, you know, I'm not that... You know, well, right? the thing oh. is, now they're, now they're giving <laughs> yeah. back to us. Yes. it's a, They're it's giving back their life Useful growth. music. Yeah. And... We grew up with them, and now to see them when we're at mentally, I I appreciate. I absolutely yeah, appreciate. That's really it. on on yeah. that. We are gonna. I'm gonna. So I have. So I. I'm. I. I've been crunching some numbers, raw numbers, rough sources around like. Okay, so Offset is worth this, and he spent this much on her ring. Like, was that wise from a financial from a financial management perspective? So I said, who can I compare him to? So I. So I looked at Jay Z's net worth when he presumably was a, a engaged to Beyonce because they didn't publicly announce their engagement. So we were able to find some information and timeline dates around that. And I have some numbers for you guys. I want you to think about this, okay? So Cardi B's engagement ring cost $550,000, right? Offset's apparent net worth lies somewhere in between two and $3 million, which means excluding any other assets that he has purchased, the engagement ring, and we will assume that he didn't pay it up front. Probably there's a note on it. I don't know, but it's going to be a, sub- a substantial note to pay. Um, <clears throat> in terms of where the ring falls within his net worth, the ring's cost was approximately 18% of his net worth. So we can round that up to 20%, right? Just over 15, 2% away from 20. I'd say nearly 20% of his net worth went to her engagement ring and she's approximately worth four million now based on my research so um you know they're just getting off the ground in their millions and i get that it sounds like big money but i think the most important thing that we need to remember is that the money owes you no loyalty money is not guaranteed so you always have to you have to try to behave in a way 
that says, okay, like you want to live a little, but you want to be strategic about where, where you live. And I know like a lot of successful people, once they hit their money, the ones who still have maintained their wealth, instead of like going out and buying fancy cars and really expensive rings and really big houses, what they ended up doing was just spending on like vacations, saving their money, um, never assuming that the next year would be the same. This goes for entrepreneurs and, and venture capitalists that I've worked directly under. You know, they never assumed that they would have that same amount of money the next year. So they behaved in a way that if I could splurge a little bit, what would it be on? They didn't go buy name brand clothes, handbags, things like that. Like, you know, once in a while, but not nothing crazy. They spent more on like just having interesting, unique experiences because that you can't really take away it's like, funny you say that i yeah. read that the other day that people value more uh, money on memories and vacations than the material items yeah so i like that you said so that. and that's how i saw really yeah. wealthy people like you know i went i spent some time in connecticut and these were people who had who had privilege who had trust funds most likely who had their parents wealth to live off and they still lived in these incredibly humble ways so i understand why people have privilege but i learned so much from them about money management and even if you have a lot of money they don't make these kind of rush decisions for the and uh, they don't do things for other people to notice they kind of it's like they're always planning so that whatever their future generation can ideally have a little more um, but they still want their kids to work hard and they don't want to like hand things out and like yeah. You know, a multimillionaire um, founder of one of the companies that I worked with, he showed up to work and he was an older man and, you know, he lived a simple life. He showed up to work in T-shirt and jeans and like, you know, we budgeted things like we don't need this much on the printer. We don't need this much on that. And it's like, if you want your bonus, then tell me what you're, you know, if you want a big raise, then tell me how you're going to how you're going to make up for that um, pay increase in the work that you deliver for me going forward. So nothing was a handout. It's like, what are you going to add to your to your uh, daily duties that's going to add value to my company? Sell that to me and I'll give you a raise. Yeah. That's how they did it. And, yeah. and they were really accommodating once I actually did that. Like, okay. So <laughs> I learned a lot from them. And the first thing that I learned was, you know, these expensive things, if it's not an appreciating asset and you're just coming into the money, it's probably not worth it. If you don't have established wealth that you know has been there for a long time if you haven't been a millionaire for 10 years or five years or whatever it is and you don't know exactly where things will go in the next couple of years then it's not worth it to spend on expensive cars this and that like you know spend on unique experiences and do that like once a year and then just keep your head down and keep stay focused on making sure you actually maintain your wealth right this is why it's so important, though, what you're saying, because even uh, Kanye said it best. We have the habit of spending it before we get it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a constant. It's the constant reminder, you know, the education and, yeah. and giving people that feedback. Like, let me remind you. Let me remind you. And let me remind and it's you. like in Jay Z's yeah. line, you want to yeah. know most, what's more expensive yeah. than throwing dollars and popping bottles at strip clubs? Credit. Credit, meaning like don't burn all your credit. Like yeah. if you get a credit card for a thousand dollars, you have a limit of a thousand dollars. Don't burn through More it right than away. Thirty percent of that, like, right? Ho- Isn't yeah, that the-, the the number ideal number to keep your credit score under is uh your your maintained borrowing number under is thirty percent. So, right. so if you have a thousand dollar credit limit. I shouldn't be spending how much of that? More than 300 Okay. And you should ideally be paying that 300 off within the first month after. Okay. So you also have to think about 
can I afford to pay this full balance off in, in the next month? month? Okay. Right? And so you always have this line of credit available. And what happens is when you have more credit, when you have credit available and you've shown credit companies that you can have access to credit and you don't burn through it, they say, okay, they, ha- they, have, they figured out a way to use their own cash to get through things. So I can probably allot them more credit more money. and more credit and more credit and more credit. And once you have enough credit, you can make pretty big life changes using loans. And that's the Jewish, I think that's what, you know, uh, Jay-Z was was trying to highlight in terms of the Jewish community is that, and even in within the investment banking space, the first job that I had was um, fixed income, AKA loan, AKA debt. So I was like really confused. I'm like, wait a minute, on Main Street in the, the places that I'm at every day when I'm with my family in Little Long Island and whatever, I was raised to think that debt was a terrible thing. Right. But meanwhile, here I am working at a company where where we're receiving um, trade deals, I guess is the best way that I could call it uh, for loans. So basically companies could invest in loans for other companies. So a company so company A uh, wants to buy two new buildings to expand their 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 product. Okay, And they need a loan. So how are they going to get that loan? Other people are going to fund it. Right. Like investors. Yeah. But we're talking big numbers here. Like the company that I worked for did not look at loans that were smaller than 250 million. Holy shit. So meanwhile, on Main Street, I'm being told debt is really bad. But in corporate America, 250 million dollar loan is just another day. Wow. So that was really eye opening for me. And I said, okay, but they're using it to grow. Interest. Okay, elaborate. Please. They're using the debt to because gr- yeah. they want the debt to grow to get two more buildings, so they could let's. This is an example, so okay. they could have a building that uh, generates more product for them. Hmm. If they generate more product, they can increase their their bottom lines and their margins. So are you saying maybe but, like uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but a retail type of thing? That's an example. Okay. A retail. In- Every, okay. but there's a million there's a million different reasons why you could want debt. Okay. Um, and that's just one example. But the ultimate underlying reason for most companies to take on debt was to grow. Okay. So I said, guess what? Giselle's a company now. <laughs> and if I'm taking on debt, it's to grow. Okay. So I took on, uh, you know, when I had access, my credit score, we all know from the Identity Thief episode, if you guys didn't hear it. <laughs> Check it out. My credit, my credit was shit. Really good. My credit was shit way back then, and I didn't understand it. And I and I so the first decision that I made was to get a certified Honda. Um, it wasn't a new car. I was twenty six, and at that age, you really want to show off. You want to show people you're successful, and yeah. like, and I was like. Uh, my nah, credit said no and I'm my mama said get, no I'm fucking getting a certified you look you got her certified vehicle I was like mom please she's like no you don't know how to manage money I'm like mom my windshield just broke like I, I can't get a job like basically so so I think my mom co-signed on that certified uh, $11,000 Honda I think the interest rate was super high but was it? Yeah, right. well yeah because my credit was bad Okay. so I was paying $300 I think for that like 2009 Honda but it never broke down on me in the five years that I had it and and what I really needed was reliability yes I needed I needed to know that I could get to that job we ain't getting paid Honda but you (laughs) you you got me through you got us through 
for real. My car never <laughs> broke down. I never had an issue getting to work. I never had like uh, I needed something to try to help me travel. Help me travel to my next opportunity. Be someone I can count on. Help me yeah. grow. But that's um, help me grow. Being de- definitely very smart, very mature decision. Because at that age, you know, you want to. Yeah, hey, you wanna sh- and I said and you I may looked at have the-, the income and not the credit. You yeah. know, you may have said, "Hey, I could actually afford a three four hundred dollar you know BMW car payment." I but couldn't. You said, "Let me right. be sensible." Yeah, and buy you know this. Yeah, yeah, no. So and and my thing was, I had to really strip down to my bare needs. What do I really need if I want to change my life? And I want. I already had my passion for financial literacy. I really mm. wanted to understand how they moved in that investment banking world because that's the tippity top of the financial industry in terms of the way money moves and money is mm-hmm. managed. And more specifically, debt. I wanted to understand debt because I felt like we were always putting ourselves in holes from debt in my mm. community. Yeah, like, you're right. And, and it was like, why? Like, why can't we just figure it out? What is the problem? Right? Let me ask I, you something. Being in the financial um, industry, how do you feel about them checking... Your credit for for a job was that was that a factor rather like when you when uh it became a factor I okay. was probably already like four years into my career when it started to matter okay um and I think for entry levels it's not fair yeah. and it's just another barrier for the underserved underprivileged community because we didn't have the same guidance. But, you know, like in terms of having established, having good credit, maintaining yeah. it. Usually I feel like in our community, we fuck it up first yeah. and then we get it right. And then we're like, nah, you can't. No, I ain't giving you my credit. Like, yeah. you know, we I tell don't want to assume a lot of college students have bad credit. I want to say they don't, well, they don't have they, any credit. They don't have you any. know, let's say we, you have the average college student maybe has what? Maybe a Macy's card. And that's, you and know, that's and, bait. And that's bait. Yeah. But like, I think it's kind of unfair to okay. ju- like, uh, like you saw on Instagram, I posted that thing that says the human brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 years old. So mm-hmm. how are you going to judge somebody who's fresh out of college, assuming the first entry level job is around 22 years old? Yeah. It's like, I'm not even making rational decisions. If we go by biology, okay. my brain's not even done growing and you're judging me based on my money management skills. Yeah, that's like not right. I haven't even had real money. Yeah. Like <laughs> what the fuck? So it's, it seems like, you know, there's just, constant barriers to kind of keep us from growing into independently wealthy people and that's at a larger scale not even looking at minorities or underserved communities that's everywhere but even more so because in our community we don't have a starting point we don't have our parents backing us in most situations so like even like my mother did well but she didn't um she and she does have an associate's degree but she didn't go through a bachelor's and like the loan process and and she didn't really push us into like she she knew we had to get to college get through college because it was a step further than she went right but even though my mom's like an avid learner she studies more than me like it's she does. She's but in terms of the 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 grown. traditional path, she's like, I want my kids to go to college because that's that's, that's all she knew, it's and just, that's all she knew. She yeah. didn't care about if we took on debt. She didn't care about, and I think what I've learned about on, from entrepreneurs and business is sometimes you don't have the perfect path, but if you have a path to take you a step further, just take it. And so that was my thought process when I went through the MBA. I said I'll take the debt because I didn't have bachelor's yeah. debt. You know, like different different reasons. But point is, like, in terms of income balancing understanding affordability if we look at offsets number so he's worth three million the 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 ring was five hundred and fifty thousand that's approximately 18 percent of his net worth right so then i said 
Well, you know, Jay-Z is now rapping about, he's trying to tell us, like, money management. Blah, yeah, blah, 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 money blah. matters. So I, I tried to do some numbers around her and uh, Beyonce's engagement ring costs, which was $5 million, reportedly $5 million. Jay-Z's net worth around the time that they were married was $37 million, Wow. Which means that his uh, his uh, commitment to her her ring was approximately 13%, which I will round down to 10% for the sake of clean numbers. So if we look at Offset's um, spending, he is worth less than Jay-Z, and he put twenty approximately 20% of his net worth towards Cardi B's ring. Uh, I think how long have they been together? Like a year or two? Yeah, maybe less. Jay Z and Beyonce were together for a long ass time. Had a lot of ups ups and downs, um, and they're very committed to each other. So I think having that time before they even yeah, got married was a... substantial. But get this, they had many years together before they were even engaged, and his commitment in comparison to Offset's approximate eighteen round up twenty percent was thirteen percent. So down, to, so almost half of what Offset was willing to put down. And again, I don't want to say willing because I think the ring ultimately is just a material item, and we yeah. shouldn't say, "Oh, Jay Z spent less on Beyonce; he loves her less." Yeah. Or Offset spent this much on her; he loves her more. Because we know if you put some nice titties and a and a and a really perfectly waxed poom poom in front of a man, he will throw dollars at it like he has yeah. no money issues but who whatsoever. Knows? Maybe he just legit like the <laughs> ring, and but, maybe that was the ring. And, and that was that, you and, know. And but true. bring it back and, to the u- finance. Ultimately, yeah. like what a man spends on a woman is no is no factor of how much he loves her because yeah. strip clubs wouldn't exist if money being given to was a, a woman factor. actually was, revolved around how much they love a woman. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I think we need to. So maybe it, he legit liked this ring, but the, the the matter of the fact is is that it's a, it's a lot of money from his um, net worth. Right. In comparison, yeah. and yeah. it's it's a big it's a big mm-hmm. commitment for his age and so like he may love her and they may work out and you know all of that stuff but like you kind of have to be strategic because yeah. you're you're fresh to the market you're yeah. fresh to the now, money now here we are trying to you know just, just <coughs> give you some um financial literacy and just some education and some things to think about what do you think about age and where it plays because i think that over history hip-hop has displayed some very reckless spending right and oh, he's yeah. 25 years old so it's cardi card they're young you know yeah they're just um, t- according to google their brains just <laughs> finished developing yeah 25 years old <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think um age because i like again i'm gonna bring it i'm gonna bring it back to the music although we're not on that today but um, well, it's, all, it's all yeah, wrapped in there. It's all wrapped in there, and I think that we've matured with these artists. Uh, with these artists, so remember, we're coming up well, with we, these artists. Yeah, because we're older. We're right? we're all. You speak for yourself. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, with, I'm the, kidding. with, I with the artists who have matured, we've watched I'm them. I'm kidding. I'm bringing some lightheartedness because yeah. you yeah. you guys, yeah. if y'all don't know, y'all gonna know. I'm 34, but I make out like I'm 26, but I'm not really 26. <laughs> so I'm just, she, I'm just trying to be cute. But um, no, what I'm trying to say is that I obviously over history, um, a certain artist we've yeah, matured with. We, them, we've though. matured with them, and I think this last album, I absolutely yeah jay-z has showed his age i don't want to make him old i just think his wisdom yeah he's kind of his music has absolutely matured and is still popping Mm -hmm. and it's his message yeah the message has has changed yeah thank you the message has changed and um i think with that 
I don't want to say age, maybe times, and I think people are a lot more woke a lot. So I don't, I don't know why he spent what he spent. I don't know mm-hmm. why you know yeah. Offset said, "Hey, let me spend." Maybe he didn't think about the money, and that wasn't yeah. a factor for the woman he loved. Mm-hmm. But then you have someone like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, and that, and here's the thing: building yeah. a life, right? Yes. And we talked about building. Like it's true; it might not be a factor for the woman you love, but if you really want to grow with this person, yeah, the mentality. We have yeah. to take pauses when we're making, especially Decisions. because money is slim for the underserved community. Mm-hmm. It's not thrown around here. We got to work really hard, and when we get it, we got to be really wise, wise because we're trying it. to go further. And we're trying to maintain that. So, so Kendrick Lamar, and Kendrick Lamar <coughs> is he, like a fresh opposite extreme example. Right? That. You're talking about maybe, you know what? I'll be honest. I'm not sure what Kendrick's age is, but you have an artist who recently was. I think in the he's media. under thirty. He's under thirty. Yeah. Um, he was recently in the media about a year, year and a half ago now about buying his his sister a Toyota for her graduation gift, and he kind of got a little shit for that. He, you know, a lot of a lot of his fans were like. Damn, you got her a fucking Toyota. Yeah. Like, you're, you're you paid. Why didn't you get her something better? His mentality was, no, I'm going to keep her humble. Mm-hmm. This is, she getting really a lives, Toyota. Like by his lyrics. Yeah, like, yo, you're getting a fucking car. Like, and and you know? mind you, with his first check in the industry, yeah. he bought a $250,000 in a middle income, I think, gated community in Beverly Hills, something like yeah. that. And and so he said, if you if the first thing you buy one of his lines, I think in a song is if the, if the first thing you buy uh, with your money is gold is chains, you're a slave to vanity. And even that in itself, I'm like, if you think about the way hip hop, like I always wonder, like, what's the secret like government, like white man influence on yeah. things? And I'm like, isn't it ironic that we spent years fighting to be out of chains? And then one of the biggest commodities within the urban community is a gold chain. The display like, of so reckless it's like, spending. It, but yeah. it's not even the reckless spending. It's yeah. like you're still putting, you're choosing to put yourself in a chain. But now that it's gold, it's better. It's different. Yeah. So you're choosing self-oppression. Shit. That's a whole different topic. That's, a, that's deep, right? <laughs> it, but we have to is. look at that. Like, yeah. why chains? Yeah. Why chains? Chains. chains. Why, why chains? This fucking and why are we chain? calling each other niggas yeah. when the white? That's like the slave master's last laugh, yeah. rolling in his grave. Like I got him calling each other niggas because mm-hmm. blah, blah blah. A white man can't call me a nigga, so now it's a power booth. You called me a nigga when I was a slave. You can't call me a nigga, but I'ma call myself a nigga. Yeah. How about we call each other people? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah but that's a whole different topic. Oh, but yeah. but it all plays in yeah. because we do we make these spending decisions, decisions. because of it's a, there's a at the core of it all there's a validation factor. There's a the psychology of if we have validation from others, our value is uh, our value is is confirmed. If someone else says, "Oh, he did it," then that means in this world I am valuable validated. and validated, and I am valuable. Until we get to that point where we can say, "No, I was born to do this. This is the love that I feel in my heart. This is the way that I want to move in the world. This is the way that I want to give back and make the next generation stronger without worrying about how other people perceive us, which I think Kendrick Lamar and like J. Cole have really yeah. are really pioneers in that for our community. Um, you know, we're not we're not going to we're not going to really truly progress because we've had the rights. Martin Luther King fought for that. We yeah. have the rights. Now we have the information. Information is free. Yeah. Like you could get a Harvard, you could get a Harvard textbook via PDF. If you Google it, 
I'm sure PDF Harvard textbook. Like you'll get a, you'll get a whole list of it. Like the the knowledge. If, granted, it would be a different experience, but it's certainly it, it's different from going going to Harvard and sitting in a classroom. But it's a big step from not ever seeing that book at all. You know what I'm saying? And not ever, ever having access to that information at all. So we have that perfect platform to improve our experiences as underserved minorities, Hispanic, Latino, Black, whatever it is. We have access to it. We have to make the choice and better choices around the money that we have access to so that we can keep moving forward and moving up. Upward trends is the idea, right? Because unfortunately... In America, it's a money-dominated society and culture. Money is power. The more money you have, the more valuable your voice at the top of the governmental period, right? Politi- politics and uh, what's, the, what's the word? I lose sight of it. It starts with an L. Lobbyists and things Lobbyist, like that. Yeah. It's the money that makes the decisions. We don't have the money, so we're not making it. So if we don't make wiser decisions and we don't ever start accumulating funds as a community... Within the system that we are in now, I don't agree that it should be that it, that it mm. should stay that way. But within the system, the way it works now, if we're not equal or at par in terms of funds with the Caucasian and white community, then we won't. We're we're never going to have an equal voice within the system that exists now. So we have two choices to either break that system, and that's really hard to do when money is controlling everything and everyone relies on money, or beat that system and work around it. And say, if we come together and we make wiser spending habits, uh, spending choices and things like that, we could position ourselves pretty quickly with the way information travel these days to be a voice of power. For instance, in the in the cable community, Latinos have a lot of power because I think Latino households like hold the most buying power for cable really? in that industry. In the, in the, so like that. there's things yeah. where like, so now you start seeing a lot of um, advertising dollars being spent towards that community and you have to pay attention to who's marketing to me and why. Is it because I hold more power than I realize? Really, right. you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. They don't even know what power. So you have, have to ask yeah. those kind of questions. Why? Like, why do you care if I notice? Yeah. And it's because we have more power, power already, but we need to like really, in terms of the money, we need to stop with all that. I want to show the world that I have this or that because, the material stuff. It's not long-standing. And until we get out of that cycle, we're not going to get out of this. It's funny. You learn that in college. Things that appreciate and depreciate in value. And one of the most common good that's bought, and you don't even realize it, and it's a depreciating, as soon as you drive it off the lot, is that car. Mm-hmm. One of the easiest things. And I'm bringing it back to Kendrick Lamar. Honda holds Lamar. its value pretty yeah. well. I, well, it fucking does. <laughs> but we ain't fucking get paid for well, promoting Honda. F- five years later, I bought. I, I sold the Honda for 5K. There I only go. put 11K into it. So going back to the whole hip-hop and, and Kendrick, that was a... That's a smart buy. I'm and sorry. And so, mind you, yeah. he bought a $250,000 house with his first check. So, at that point, he was probably worth around the same, like, offset, $2 million, $3 million. Yeah. Because his album, like, he had two albums, and that was, like, yeah, that it, was like that. amazing. His current net worth is approximately $35 million, and he's still humble as fuck. J. Cole, also same worth thing. several million, riding bicycles. Yeah. I think he was, he's living in North Carolina now. He When he comes to New York, he rides his bike around New York. He's not into cars. He's not into rings. He's not into things. He's not into chains. Yeah. Because, you know, those are the kinds of things that we have to look at and say, like, why are we Keanu still doing Reeves this? too. He just he came rides to my mind. This guy, this man, this actor, he rides the subway. He's he's trending. I, I follow a lot of spiritual um, Instagram and is he? 
Yeah, Jim he's, Carrey's he's like a big trending in a way that he's riding the subway to work, the bike, the bike, a lot of charitable contributions, and he's worth a lot of money. So that just goes to say where we should be concentrating and putting our money on. And I appreciate all the insight Giselle gives because I don't, I, me and Math are not friends. So, and, and, <laughs> and it's all free information. Yes, and it's smart and it's valuable info. And if you take it and, and it's recorded, apply it wisely. You can play it back. She's giving it to you the same way Jay Z did in the 444 album. And you don't got to spend $9.99. It's his free information. <laughs> That's and right, and you, and you can take it a step further yeah. by googling, you know, certain phrases and things like that. And I promise you, yeah. I will, I will drop, you know, uh, certain episodes that just focus yeah. specifically like on investment strategy, career, on career progression, on being strategic in your career progression, on on looking for. Um, industries that have a high demand of employment so you ain't got to be a slave to your current job you know we'll talk about all of that stuff but it's like so detailed and i want to get it right so i have been like kind of inching it out for you guys um and 2018 is going to be a bigger year for this podcast because really if we look at it like 2017 was us kind of gauging what you guys like we've got a good sense and i look forward to what we're going to bring you um from that point on and so like so kendrick lamar j cole opposite extremes they're moving in the right direction if you guys want to see you know come kind of compare your lives if you if you come into money and things like that look at what if you if, if you have no one else to look up to look at look at those people but also remember google google is helpful look for you know people black or hispanic latino people who grew their wealth google those phrases okay. and see and see what they did and why they did it there's there's tons of books like there's a book on on how jewish people feel about money and it's not even jewish people feeling about money it's their feeling about it's the, how their religion plays into how they spend and mm-hmm. one of the interesting thing i i learned is that within the jewish community apparently they don't believe that humans are meant to be consumers a mm-hmm. consumer consumes takes things in buys things just takes 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 they believe humans are creators and their purpose is to create, not to consume. That's beautiful. So, like, yeah, and you learn about yeah, their religion, beautiful. and you learn, and so, like, it's like, there's so much free stuff out there, like, if you ever have a curiosity, make a friend with a new, yeah. you know, someone from a different race, different religion, whatever, because, like, every religion, I think, has these beautiful kind of, like, little values that trickle into our day-to-days that can take us all further, because underlying all of most religions is this love of humanity yeah. and this hope to preserve humanity, and everyone's trying to figure out which one which is the right way to do it and so religions exist for that reason and you know rules and things like that exist for that reason but ultimately it's it's a matter of compassion love and making wise decisions with the resources that we have so do a social um, media cleanse too i recently read it uh, i'm only saying that because i read a, yes, uh, I, I read I, an I, article you know, I hate social yeah. media. I, I put it on my oh. resolutions list because we got to Just we like gotta be more social but no i read an article recently on a guy that he got off Instagram, and that's how he was able to save money. He, his trigger was watching his friends spend on social media, social media on things they didn't have, mm-hmm. trips and vacations and material goods and cars. He did the cleanse, and he, I think it was over a hundred thousand. If I'm not wrong, he got out of debt. Takes twenty one days to break a bad habit. Yes, Maybe twenty one days yeah. social media cleanse. So, New Year's resolutions to think about, guys. Social yes. media cleansing, really self reflection, um, budgeting, you know, reevaluating yeah, your budget, reevaluate your ratios. Budgeting yeah. is one thing, but ratios are key. Yeah. Like even when you're like my rental, you know, we talk about this. Like yeah. I don't my income to my to what I pay in rent is like significant. Like I pay way less in rent than I could technically afford if we looked at ratios. But that's the idea, right? I have less pressure on me, 
um, to, to meet a certain income requirement on a monthly basis if I'm paying much less than the ratio says I can pay. And so it's like understanding ratios, like debt to income ratio, or, or, you know, what does a property manager look at when they want uh, to qualify you for to Hello. rent an apartment? Um, or, or to a mortgagee to, to be a mortgagee and to buy a house. What are they looking at? And so like, even, you know, you guys know, my family knows, and Eileen's my cousin that I've been, um, in the, uh, home buying market for a while. And like one of the struggles, because my, my, my mother, who's a businesswoman first and foremost, like would be involved in it and she would be giving me the down payment for it, which is like a privilege and a huge thing in itself. But in, re- in return, I have to find a place that can offer equity down the line um, for us and for our family so that we can have more credit to borrow off of to continue building our familial wealth, mm-hmm. right? Because my mother is a businesswoman first and foremost and also wise about like what she's, what she's creating for our family down the line. Um, it has been a struggle to find that. And one of the recent kind of fights that I've had with her is she wants me to up my budget. I created a very small budget on what I'm willing to get into as a first-time property. And my thing is no, because in a worst-case scenario, if I don't have another person around to help me cover that mortgage, I need to know that I can cover it no matter what. Yes. And so it's very easy to fall into this thing of like, you know, oh, I got pre-approved for oh, this much, so I'm definitely going to spend that, that much. much. Or I can and rent. It's like, or, and it's yeah, like, no, yeah. you got you to gotta break it down, look at the ratios and say, in a worst case scenario, would we be able to hold this down? And if you don't, if you're not comfortable with that number on its own, don't say, oh, yeah, but I'll get a job and they'll pay me more. and Because that, that's all presumptive. That's all assumptions. That's all unknowns. Yeah. Based on the known today would i be based on what i know about my skill set the demand for my job this and that that how much do i know absolutely without doubt that i could commit to that in a worst case scenario i got it that's my comfort zone right right? and so like that's been our show so i said you know what i'm gonna take a break and we're gonna revisit this later and you know maybe you do something with my mom can do something with some with with one of her other loved ones or something like that or like maybe maybe we'll move forward with it I don't know but like I just know what my comfort number is and I know that I'm doing it for a long-term reason that I never want to have to entertain losing a house because I saw my relatives struggle Mm. during the recession and I never want to be in that position and that was one of the key reasons that I launched the financial literacy was because I saw my own family members who I love dearly people who cooked meals for me when I showed up half hung over the next day or not even showed up just woke up on their couch when they never told me I could sleep over (laughs) and they they said are you hungry like those people who took care of me there was nothing that I could do at that starving college student there was nothing (laughs) oh my god I just starving college student (laughs) bringing the laundry over like can I do my laundry here yeah whatever just babysit we need an adult in the house I you don't want to wake up whatever as long as I can do my laundry I'm good I'm happy yeah so shout out to Danny and Cello holding it down yes during my college years babysitting six in the morning (laughs) pretty much yeah not until i did charge they did pay me that was really good of them but like yo i was more happy to just like my mom didn't know what time i got home right because i would go just straight to them 6 a.m in the morning (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so anyways point being like 
we can we we have to be strategic and you got to think about these things so like do you guys think it was worth it do you think it was a good decision for offset to spend almost 20 percent of his net worth on her ring mm. post questions comments the, feedback the woman side of me is like hell yeah cardi b right. just came out of me like hell yeah they give me that ring but no um thinking long term no no I would have yeah. preferred the investment in another, maybe some real property or just an investment in our future. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, and a like, different type of investment. Yeah. In and yeah. there's other options for the ring. Like I said, I want my lab man made perfect yeah. ring. And like, okay, so one of my New Year's resolutions to actually post links to the shit I reference on these podcasts, I'm going to post them in the description. So I'm really going to try and do that for this episode. Um, guys, you know, we're starting to get comments and feedback and things like that. We do have an email address uh, up on the Instagram page. It's Bad Embra. It follows the same name as the podcast. Um, you can send an email to badembra33 at gmail.com if you have any questions or content suggestions for episodes um, and what we should talk about. Um, that would be nice. And in the description section on SoundCloud, I'm not sure how it shows up on iTunes, but on SoundCloud, you know, I'll post the links to things and um, try and give you as much information um, in terms of where we're kind of gathering all of this stuff and uh, yeah, so don't be afraid. We're here to help. This is for you. This is for us to grow upward, move forward in life, and like and and food for thought. Always food for thought. So like, get get at us. Let us know. We got a couple of upcoming episodes that we think you'll find yeah, super I'm excited. Interesting. I actually am excited about the future episodes. Yeah, so I can't wait to talk about them and get them um, And we are also going to give you a, a brief New Year's resolution goals, things we wish for our community and kind of things to think about and how I approach goals in my life and you know and things that were successful for me and not and and all of that fun stuff we'll do a short session on that um before the new year because we want everybody to kind of go into 2018 feeling a little more hopeful than 2017 yeah, has left always. us it's always good to set goals and um gratitude for the new year so i'm excited can't wait to talk to you guys soon oh i almost wrapped it up but one thing that is important yes eileen we wanted to just remind you there's a lot of artists entertainment artists out there who have um made it into success but you know they uh, they couldn't maintain the long term yeah, wealth lost their wealth along the way so. and so <laughs> Eileen can you run down a quick list yeah I have a few um <laughs> sadly we have Lauren Hill who pled guilty to tax evasion in 2012 and it was close for being evicted from her home and mm-hmm. she almost served 30 days in prison right I don't know if you guys remember that. It was in the media for a little bit. Nas has it or had his earnings garnished in 2009 to pay over six million dollars in back taxes. And who doesn't? I love Nas. Favorite artist. Yes. Little Kim. Affirmative action. My Brooklyn. <laughs> she faced bankruptcy after she was sued for a, from her former label for 2.5 million in 2008, and she owed the government in 1. million in back taxes. Oh my god. Common. Pay your taxes, people. Uh, that shit does catch. It shit catches will get up to with you, you and puts you in debt, and then all of a sudden we're here in bankruptcy in the media. So government charges interest, and the IRS Incredible. isn't technically a government institution, which is a whole other episode. Common. Ah, uh, common. My man faced foreclosure on his condo, his Chicago condo. So that was condo. Method Man. Method Man pled guilty to tax evasion again in 2010. Over 100 million in fines. 100,000, I'm man. sorry. 100, Those 000. are like, okay, wait. Nas, Common, Method Man, my sexy Little man. Kim, yeah. list. God like, damn. Oh. God yes. damn it. Exhibit. I don't know about, but. 
<laughs> Everybody exhibit. I like his entrepreneurial <laughs> style. He had that car show on MTV. Yeah, false for bankruptcy in 09 and 2010. More than 900000 in back taxes in late 2010. Lisa left that Lopez. Rest in peace. In the 1990s, she um, reportedly $3.5 million in debt. They reportedly paid less than $0.20 cents a piece for each record sold under their original contract. So that says a lot. I know a lot of these artists make a lot of money, but I can't even imagine the the expenses they have on that income. So, you know, they're probably um, earning a lot less than what we think. You know, who knows? Um, definitely not a business. In that sense, I'm not a businesswoman, but um, it's yeah. good to see. So, Fat Joe pled guilty to tax evasion in 2012 and allegedly owed over $3 million to the government in um, back taxes. And he faced three months in prison for the crime. So, there's a lot going on. And going back to MC Hammer, that's like the biggest artist of our time that I remember ever. Like, mm-hmm. that was big at that time, I remember. MC Hammer filed for bankruptcy in 90, 1996. He was reportedly $13 million in debt. And I'm going to end it with that. Um well a lot of money no and and so like guys keep Mm -hmm. that in mind like the wealth is there for them but you know you got to make decisions that are going to help you maintain the wealth and keep the wealth so you got to keep that in mind when you're making your financial decisions Um, jadal has so much so much great insight into your finances and and definitely helped me a lot and um something to think about you know so 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 here it's recorded it's here for you forever play it back whatever don't worry about what other people are doing worry about you your family Mm -hmm. uh you know your your long the long-term wealth of the people that you love around you and you know obviously don't let the alcoholics or crackheads manage the money but try and try and keep it in the family and and move forward um move upward forward and upward um all right so wrapping it up much love and light Bye. Smooches. We out. Bye.